Hello, hello, and welcome to the ISV Society Podcast. I am your host, Amy Keenan, and I am so excited to be here and chat with you. So first off, you may be asking, what is the ISV Society? Well, it's a membership just for ISVs, where we collaborate, educate, and generate leads in an affordable way. From webinars to blogs, as well as monthly mastermind meetings, these are just some of the ways we're working together. This podcast is also another way to bring the content to you. There'll be marketing tips and tricks, ISV guests, as well as fellow marketing professionals. Just think of it as your one-stop shop, all things channel marketing. It's all about the power of collaboration. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. And I'm so excited you're here. We have a great guest this week. His name is Rod, Rob Fagan from Venvito, and he is the founder. And I'm excited to chat with him today. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Amy. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me. I really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. So before we get started, I would love everyone just to get to know a little bit about you and what you do and tell a little story and and share us. Let's get to know you. Sure. Glad to. So I've been in the Microsoft ecosystem for probably about 18 years now and uh, worked for a number of different systems integrators and during the years, those companies were bought and sold a couple times. So I went through that uh, that experience more than once. And around 2015, I decided I'd had enough of that, and I started my own Microsoft partner. So that went really well, and I had an opportunity to exit in 2020. So I took that um, and have come out of the non-compete there, and now decided to help other founders, uh, both for ISVs and SIs, to uh, to really partner with Microsoft and learn how to work with Microsoft much closer. So that's what Venvito's uh, mission is to do. That's great. And I feel like there's a huge need for it because as we all know, especially if we've been in this channel for a long time, like you and I, uh, Microsoft isn't always easy to deal with. And there's a lot of ins and outs and nuances that you might not know. So it's nice to have somebody that knows all that. There is, there's so many complexities. And I mean, it's a 120,000 person organization and, uh, somewhere between 30 and 40,000 of those people are focused on selling and helping uh, partners sell. So it's a really complex organization to navigate. Yes, definitely. And I know firsthand because I've worked with ISVs in, in this space and certainly have worked with Microsoft. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to our chat today to learn all those. Uh, so you can share some tips and tricks and information on how to navigate all of that. And, um, and I hope the ISVs that are listening in will find it beneficial as well, which I think they will. Great. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start with what are the main platforms that Microsoft provides ISVs to get their solutions out to the market? Sure. And it's a great question because it's the first step an ISV needs to consider when they're uh, when they're entering the Microsoft ecosystem is how are they going to get their product or their SaaS offering out to that market? And um, Microsoft offers three different ways to go to market with them for ISVs, there's the um, Azure Marketplace. So it's, um, think of this as applications that are really more technical focused, whether it be backup and recovery or disaster planning or data analysis, really more technical uh, oriented solutions. And then there is a um, platform or marketplace called AppSource. And AppSource, think of that more as business oriented applications. 
So you're uh, you're working with people that are doing time time management, or there's really any type of SaaS offering that is designed to help uh, business in their uh, or drive business forward for uh, the Microsoft customers. And then finally, this is the team store. So think of that as just pure play teams application. So uh, when you're in teams and uh, offering capabilities there. So those are really the three platforms. And it's, you think about Microsoft and the reach they've got, they're connected to hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. if not uh, millions of customers. And this gives ISVs an opportunity to connect with each one of those customers. So through those marketplaces and all customers have access to them. You know, the uh, the team store, which is probably the newer of the three platforms, it gives um, ISVs access to every person that's on team. So unless a company uh, prevents access to the app store or the team store, really any user on teams can see the apps that are available. So it's really an amazing opportunity for ISVs to get more eyeballs on their solutions. Definitely. I mean, where else could you get more eyeballs, I guess, on it if you didn't go into one of right. those three areas? <laughs> right. You think about it. It's amazing the the reach that you can have and, and the uh, the reach that Microsoft gives ISVs to uh, into its customer base. That's pretty powerful. And I don't think ISVs really, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I don't, I didn't realize how much of a reach you could have on those platforms. So that is really interesting and good to know. It is. And, and I'll, I'll take it even a level deeper is that in the marketplace, there's a number of uh, sort of tiers that you can be. So you start off in uh, tier one, which is just market ready. And then there's the next tier, which gets more exposure, co-sell ready, because Microsoft sellers and field people you know, want to promote those apps that are co-sell ready or ready to be sold with Microsoft. And then there's um, sort of the top tier, <laughs> which we'll refer to as IP co-sell, which means that the um, the Microsoft salespeople are motivated to even motivated even more to sell those applications or help sell those applications because it helps them in achieving their goals, their own quota goals and their own Azure consumption goals. So it really is um, it's important to understand that yes, you should be on the marketplace, but there are different tiers within the marketplaces that you can also be at for your offering for customers. So. Really important to know that and to drill deep on that. Yeah, I, I can imagine how having to learn all this is crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that kind of leads into our the next question. So what programs are available to support ISVs? Right. And this is a, a great question because it's one of the most confusing parts <laughs> of starting the journey with Microsoft. I mean, there's there's so many avenues to begin your journey in as an ISV and, and to really connect with Microsoft. But the three or four main programs, there's the newest program called the ISV Success Hub or the Success Program. And that's probably where to encourage all ISVs to start now. Uh, it'll become, it's in private preview now. It'll be public preview here in a few months um, at the time of this recording. And it's going to provide a ton of different resources from marketing, from development. You'll have um, the ability to get uh, credit towards your development efforts like Azure credits and that. So that's one of the programs and probably the main program I'd encourage people to look into. There's also the Founders Hub. And so think of this as something where a brand new ISV, someone that's even just thinking about an app may want to start. It's a little more basic. It, it's really designed to 
start you help it think through the process. So the uh, ISV success program, someone who's a little further in their journey is going to be more uh, inclined to go in the success program. Someone that's just thinking about now, the founders hub. But there's also a place called or a program called Marketplace Rewards, which within the next year or so will be deprecated. So I won't go into too much about that. And then there's a third or fourth program called the Business Apps ISV Connect program. And I suspect that that will get folded into the ISV success program eventually as well. So there's just a number of places. It's hard to navigate, but mm-hmm. for your um, audience, I would encourage them to go to the ISV success program as the starting point and, uh, and go from there. Right. And I, I think I've worked with some ISVs that started there. So it's, it is mm-hmm. really a good great resource to utilize and make sure that you do get in there and, and there's a lot to read and there's a lot to understand, but like any Microsoft program they launched, there is a ton of data. And I mean, yeah. it's, uh, and to Microsoft's credit, they're putting a ton of resources behind the ISV success program. I mean, the amount of Azure credits they're giving, the, the ability to access their own development team, you know, and be able to work on with through APIs with Microsoft on any of the platforms, whether it be the modern work platform, whether it be the Dynamics or business applications platform or Azure they're really, Microsoft is doubling down on the ISV community, so. That's great to hear. I'm sure the ISVs are happy about that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. So with the upcoming changes to the Microsoft Partner Program, how will that affect ISVs? Right, that is a great question. And it's one that I think ISVs are really going to struggle with. It's a lot of the ISVs that I talk to, they've already attained some level of Microsoft certification, whether it be a gold or silver designation through some of the efforts that they've done and some of the training that they've taken. But come September 30th, they're going to lose all of that status that they've had with Microsoft. It's literally overnight gone. Oh, wow. And so uh, beginning on October 3rd, there will be a new set of badges that, and it will be these solution designation badges. And there's six of them. There's modern work, security, business applications, and then three more in Azure. And that really aligns well for your traditional systems integrators or value-added resellers. But it doesn't really align well with the, um, the ISD community because a lot of the metrics are around deployments, mm-hmm. customer success. And for ISVs, although they're bringing a great deal of value, they're bringing a lot of business impact to their customers, they may not be deploying Office 365 or they may not be deploying large amounts of Azure or consuming large amounts of Azure, but they're still making a dent. So Microsoft has committed to the ISV community that they'll work on what's called an industry designation. So they're looking at if you're specializing in, and they're going to start with three, retail, healthcare, or financial services, you as an ISV will be able to earn a badge from Microsoft as an industry designation, starting with those three that I mentioned, the retail, healthcare, and uh, financial services. So it'll give your ISVs the ability to have a, a Microsoft designation or a Microsoft badge, which is really important. It comes with a lot of credibility mm-hmm. you know, to say that, yes, you're recognized by Microsoft as a partner, you know, you're recognized for the work you do by Microsoft. So I think that's really critical and really important for ISVs to to understand that they're going to have to navigate this partner program change. And the dates are September 30th. All the badges go away for gold and silver. Um, I think there'll be a lot of unhappy ISVs on that day. 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And and um, you know, I was I had the opportunity to listen to some Microsoft Microsoft executives speak, and uh, they were very clear that come September 30th, they understand that companies won't be able to just you know flip a switch and all their marketing marketing collateral has changed. And that no, they're they're not going to send the Microsoft police after you. Oh, good. But they are going to be very upfront with your customers and say that those designations are no longer valid. So they're going to be letting your customers know, look, we don't recognize the gold or silver designation anymore. So there's going to be a sort of a grace period. And I suspect that, you know, hopefully it'll be a long grace period, (laughs) right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you think about it, just think about marketing collateral. If you you have trades, trade show collateral that has all been printed. Videos. I mean, mean, videos. Yeah. It's a There's lot of a stuff lot to, to re, refurbish, so to speak. There is, yeah, for sure. And so, and the other challenge the uh, the ISVs will face is that this the industry designations aren't planned until FY twenty three Q three of Microsoft. So that's January through March of twenty twenty three. So there's still a little bit of runway where ISVs are going to be sort of left without a designation. So. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on this topic. Oh, <laughs> easily, easily. I mean, both for ISVs and yeah. for the SIs and uh, value-added the VARs in uh, the Microsoft space. It really is a challenge, uh, and it's a big change for a lot of uh, companies. I might hit you up for that. Either we could oh. do like a webinar or a LinkedIn live event, maybe something along those lines if you wanted. So. Yeah, absolutely. Happy talk to talk about that. That'd be great. I think yeah. that would be really beneficial and helpful for a lot of ISVs, especially since, like you mentioned, things are going away and right. we have to redo a lot of stuff. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a big change, and uh, there's a lot to do to prepare for the change. So, mm-hmm. happy to happy to jump on and do this again and talk deeper about that. Awesome. Thank you. So, with that. Um, how does an ISV get their solution to stand out in the marketplace? Because obviously, if you are able to put your solution out there as every other ISV, um, there's probably a lot of navigating. There's probably a lot of customers figuring out where they need to go. And there's obviously going to be overlap in products that offer the same Mm -hmm. thing. So how can those ISVs really stand out amongst their competitors getting more eyes on their content from customers, things like that. Absolutely. There, there's a lot that goes into that. And there's a lot, um, a lot of tactical things that have to happen up front that are they're very operational. So getting your application listed in whichever marketplace is right for you and, and best for your application. And then for those applications where the ISV is able to achieve some additional status, whether it be co-sell ready or IP co-sell ready, in Microsoft lingo, um, you know, that, that goes a long way to help um, create sort of a preferred status for those applications. But at the end of the day, again, it, it boils down to the relationships you have inside Microsoft. And are you letting Microsoft know, is there people inside Microsoft that you're communicating with what you do, what value you bring to the marketplace, what value you bring to your customers and even more important is what value do you bring to the Microsoft seller? So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, are you helping drive teams adoption? Are you helping um, create Azure consumed revenue? So helping Microsoft use Azure, drive customers onto Azure, which is their main compute platform. 
So it's really thinking about not only the value to your customer, but the value you're bringing inside Microsoft. And, and whether it's in Azure, it's in Dynamics, it's on the Modern Work Platform, it's security, it's backup. It's really all about understanding the value you're bringing on the outside, but then translating that into value for the community inside Microsoft. So think about the account executives, think about the customer success managers. Are you sharing with them what your application brings to the table and how it's going to help them meet their own success metrics? So mm-hmm. it's it's a two-pronged attack and, and it's not easy. I mean, I've grown a Microsoft partner and felt these same challenges where you're you feel like you haven't put everything and all your energy into your customer facing work. But with Microsoft, it's equally as important to put energy into, I'll call it marketing inside Microsoft. Do you wish you had a list of all the types of marketing initiatives you could do in this space? We'll look no further. I put together the ISV guide to grow your audience. It covers blog sites, events, product directories, B2B services, and more. To download this guide, check out the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Because that's essentially what you're doing. You're marketing inside Microsoft to to better align your solution, your SaaS offering with the right people in Microsoft who are connected to customers already. And use that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Use the relationship that they've built them you know, you think about Microsoft is meeting with your customers, whether you know it or not. You know, if you're selling to anybody, let's say 300 seats or larger, or even 50 seats and larger, there's a good chance they're connected to a Microsoft account executive somewhere. And finding those people, connecting with them, letting them know about your application, your SaaS offering, and how it's helping customers. And as I said, how it's helping them meet their own internal success metrics is really, in my opinion, one of the fastest ways to grow your offering is to get that um, get Microsoft working in your corner for you, mm-hmm. not only through the marketplace, but actively have them promote your product. So, so that's really my what I encourage ISVs to be thinking about is who does your what does your application bring to the market? Who does that align with in Microsoft, and how can you help that Microsoft person be successful in by driving uh, attention and interest to your offering? That's interesting. Would you say then, you know, we as ISVs kind of have to treat Microsoft as a VAR or a partner because they're doing that similarly with their with the partners they work with out, you know, within the ecosystem. They have to do that kind of same stuff or and, you know, building that relationship. So it's almost like Microsoft is a VAR to them and so to speak, based on what you are, you know, how how we engage and work with them. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it is mm-hmm. that, you know, think of them as as a, a value added reseller for your offering and and use them in that sort of capacity where they're out there promoting your application, driving interest, and then they're bringing you in as the, the expert and the, uh, the authority on your product, your uh, offering. And, you know, it's, it's really, it was an amazing opportunity going through that and seeing how, when you do it right, how well it can work. And the reach that Microsoft has mm-hmm. is far beyond anything that, uh, you know, most ISVs can uh, can produce so and obviously you know doing all of this and working with microsoft and following all the steps in the program is, takes time and takes effort you know a lot of manpower but in the end it's so powerful and it could just revolutionize the way they work with microsoft and getting their solution out to the world 
Absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to paint a picture that it's easy and it's, you know, just one call and you're, you're winning. It's no, it's going to be work. It's building relationships, building trust, building credibility. But when you do that, it, it pays such huge dividends. It's, I mean, it, for me, it's the difference between cold calling a hundred mm-hmm. customers or having one person in your corner that knows a hundred customers and can make a hundred introductions for you. It, uh, it really has the ability to just transform your business, transform your revenue model uh, and, and drive profitability, lower the cost of sales. There's just so much positive impact that you can, uh, can reap from the uh, relationship if you do it right. Yes, I totally agree. That's awesome. Okay, before we, well, almost time to wrap up if you can believe that already. <laughs> so should applications listed in the marketplace be transactional? It's a good question. And um, it's, I'll, I'll start by clarifying what that means. And if, it, if your application is transactable, it means that a Microsoft customer can use their Microsoft contract to purchase your solution. So it allows the customer to really choose how they're going to pay for your application. So you think of if you have your application listed on the marketplace, one customer might have to call you, you know, go through a sales process, you send them an invoice, they pay the invoice. Or in another case, in the case where your app is transactable, the customer can go onto the marketplace They can get the information they need. They may still reach out and have a demo or really learn from you what the product does. But then right through the marketplace, they can just hit a buy button and they procure the product. Microsoft takes care of all of the invoicing. The entire transaction is handled by Microsoft. And then the customer is, uh, the benefit to the customer is they didn't have to add another vendor to their portfolio. You didn't have to go through that vendor onboarding process. It was just purchased. And so, as you can imagine, Microsoft loves that. Mm-hmm. That's driving revenue for not Microsoft. Sure, not sure partners love that, though. Oh, at the back end, partners get paid from Microsoft. Oh, that's so, good. Okay. Yeah. So it, it is, um, it's a way to do business. It's a, it's a way to reduce the friction in the, pro- the payment process, especially when you're dealing with large organizations where it's not easy to onboard a new vendor. There are companies out there in the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, where it can take weeks or months to onboard a new vendor. And what Microsoft is trying to do is just streamline that process and take that out because they're already onboarded. They're already an approved vendor. And what Microsoft wants to do is facilitate the transaction. So Microsoft is highly motivated for you to do that or really is incensed partners to do that, but it's not a requirement. So I want to be clear that you're not forced to do that. but it is something to consider in terms of how Microsoft views your application. And for now, as I said, it's not a requirement, but uh, you know, who knows? Microsoft right. could change that. Could change. Exactly. So. Um, the only issue I would see with that is, you know, so obviously some products are really more in depth and have a lot to it. Right. And they need to see a demo to make sure it would work for them versus other products that could be easy plug and play type of things. So I could see that being easier for those types of products versus the ones where you really have to learn about their systems and business processes. And it's something that's really going to impact the way they do things versus something that's more plug and play. Do you see it both ways? I do. I do. I I believe that 
during the sales process, you're absolutely right. I think there a lot of applications will require um, high touch where you're involved with the customer, you're doing discovery, you're doing demonstrations, you're answering a lot of questions. And what Microsoft is trying to do is say, you know, we're not trying to get in the way of that. What we're trying to do is when it comes to the customer saying, yes, we want to buy, we're just giving them as many options or they're giving your customer as many options as possible to make that uh, purchasing transaction as seamless as possible. So um, I don't think that Microsoft has any intention of trying to insert themselves in the process. It's really about the, uh, the purchasing transaction or mm-hmm. finalizing the transaction that uh, Microsoft wants to add value and, and to try and make that a little smoother. So, Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, sense. no problem. So before we wrap up our conversation, I would love for you to just share what you do, what your company does, how you help ISVs with all of this Microsoft stuff. And Sure, sure. And it goes back to what we talked about a little earlier is that understanding how to navigate Microsoft is really a challenge. And I tell partners, whether they're ISVs or SIs, that there's really five pieces to working with Microsoft. And if they understand those five pieces, they can really um, increase their ability to co-sell. They can, it becomes much more seamless. And I'll run through those five things really quick here for you. First is the messaging. So if you don't get your messaging right, nothing else matters because it, it won't resonate. It'll fall on deaf ears. So it's really about being clear on who you are, what you do, who you do it for, And then this is the part that a lot of partners miss and ISVs miss is that remember to tell Microsoft what's in it for them. You know, it's great that you're solving a big business problem and and they want to know that. They want to know that you're helping their customers, but they also want to understand what's in it for them to partner with you, to help you sell your solution. So that's step one is the messaging. And we, I work with partners on that. And then we move through into the sales process. And this touches on what you were just mentioning around the transactable app, well, is Microsoft trying to insert themselves early on? No, Microsoft wants you to own the sales process. And so when I talk about the sales process, it's not the PowerPoints or the demos. It's more about how do you move a customer through the journey from when they first are introduced to your product to the time that they start using your product as a customer. So what does that journey look like for them? So understand your messaging, understand the sales process. Then we move into partner attribution. So how are you being recognized as adding value. And in the ISV community, that's you can see that through the apps in the app store and being purchased through the app store, whichever one you're in, whether it's marketplace or app source or team store. So really making sure you're getting credit for that. And once you've done that, then it's all about pipeline management and working with Microsoft to, to share your pipeline. It's really being one of the things that it's hard for a lot of partners to grasp is that sharing your pipeline with Microsoft really helps you. It gives you exposure inside Microsoft that you might not have otherwise got. It gets you introduced to people you might never have been introduced to in the past. So I really encourage people to do that. And Microsoft gives you a platform in what's called Partner Center to do that with them. So that's that. the uh, fourth. And the final step is I help partners with the relationship and just finding out who do you map to, who are the right people inside Microsoft to connect with because there are dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of teams and organizations and groups and dozens of levels to work with. And so it's really helping partners clarify what what's the right team inside Microsoft for them to align to. What's going to be 
most impactful for them and who are they going to connect with that would be the most impactful. So it's really bringing those five pieces of the co-selling puzzle together to help ISVs be more successful is, uh, is what I bring to uh, bring to the table. Well, that's amazing and such a great service. I definitely think ISVs who need help with this definitely should leverage your expertise because obviously that'll save them a lot more time in the long run if they had someone to help them through it all right. doing it by themselves. Yeah, you can take my 18 years of experience and uh, mistakes and learn from that for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Rob, for joining me this week. This has been great. I, I've learned a lot and I hope the community that listens in will learn a lot as well and reach out to you should they need any, have any questions or need any help. We will certainly put all that information in the show notes. So thank you everyone for joining us this week. And thank you, Rob, for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It was great talking with you, Amy. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. You've just listened to another episode of the ISV Society podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe and or share with your team. I would love to also hear your feedback and share any tips and tricks or topics that you'd like to hear in my upcoming episodes. Have a great week.